0: Welcome to It's All About Who You Know with host Craig Turner from Momentum, the business growth agency. On our podcast, Craig interviews executives from chambers of commerce around the United States and Canada, tapping into their expertise on how to get the most value from your business associations, how their organizations are serving their members
1: and what's happening in their market for companies looking to grow there. Here's Craig Turner. Welcome to the It's All About Who You Know podcast brought to you by Momentum, the business growth agency. I'm Craig Turner, your host, and we've got a fantastic conversation in store for you today. Now, we're recording today going into the fall of 2021, and in the Chamber of Commerce business, there's really as many questions as there are answers right now. The pandemic changed the business model of membership organizations, and the ones that have found their way through have done it by adapting and being flexible to meet their members' needs. We're going to get into what that looks like a little bit, Uh, but first let me introduce our guest for today's episode, Amanda Pazden-Payne, who is president and CEO of Amplify Clearwater. Amanda, thank you so much for taking some time to be with us today.
0: Hi, Craig. Thanks for having me.
1: So Amanda and Amplify Clearwater have been doing some really great things on Florida's Gulf Coast the past several years, and I'm looking forward to digging into this conversation with her. Amanda has an impressive background. It's easy to see from our perspective why she's been a great choice to lead the chamber in Clearwater. Prior to her current role, Amanda served in the West Virginia House of Delegates for three consecutive terms. She served as chair of the House Education Committee in her last term. She also held the position of vice president and CFO for the West Virginia Chamber of Commerce, the State Chamber of Commerce. Amanda holds an executive MBA from West Virginia University. She's worked with various community-centered projects, including the Girl Scouts, Habitat for Humanity, and other child advocacy groups. And she also serves on the University of South Florida, Kate Tiedemann College of Business Advisory Board. Amanda grew up in Georgia, so Georgia to West Virginia and now Clearwater, where she lives with her husband, Chris, and their two sons, JC and Jack. Uh, She's a dynamic leader, and I'm thrilled to have the opportunity to spend some time talking with her today about the Chamber of Commerce business. So again, thank you, Amanda. Let's start with an intro to Amplify Clearwater. Can you awesome. give us an overview of uh, of your organization?
0: I'm happy to do that. You know, I can always talk about the work that we do because you, you know this, Craig, either when you're in the chamber of commerce world, either you are a believer or you're not. So you can tell from my bio that I have spent my life in chamber work, although that was not what I intended to do when I grew up. I think I'm still trying to figure out what I want to be when I grow up. But my career for the last 20 years has been in chamber work and I thoroughly enjoy it. So Amplify Clearwater is a brand new organization. It was born out of the merger of two chambers, so the Clearwater Beach Chamber and the Clearwater Regional Chamber. We came came together in 2019, October of 2019, to form Amplify Clearwater. While you don't know much about the, our geographical area, these two chambers were really separated by a bridge, right? So it really made a lot of sense to the business community for us to come together. Quite honestly, though, the two organizations did not, they did not compete. They, they really complemented each other. So it was like putting together two puzzle pieces and we were able to really seamlessly pull together two very different organizations. As you might imagine, the beach chamber was really focused on all things tourism, all things happening on the beach, projects and activities as it relates to our destination. Um, And then the regional chamber was really for those that I call the briefcase briefcases and button ups, but really the professional services side of our community right so bringing together the two while I say we fit together like two puzzle pieces, um, there were two very different cultures so. It's been a lot of fun, though, to watch the infusion of of kind of that carefree destination or tourism industry be infused into the regional chamber and then vice versa for the things that the regional chamber did well, which was policy and advocacy and, and, you know, more programmatic types of things. The beach uh, side has really benefited from those as well. So, in October of 2019, we kicked things off, and shortly thereafter, we barely had our baby legs underneath us when the pandemic hit us. So it's been quite the journey to grow this organization throughout the last, throughout the last couple of years and throughout the pandemic. But it, the pandemic also was a silver lining, too. It gave us an opportunity to really set aside all those things that may have worked for the organizations individually. It wouldn't have worked for the organization combined under Amplify's umbrella. And so we are really able to evolve maybe a little bit faster than we would have otherwise.
1: You can see how those two facets of industry could, could learn an awful lot from each other if they get in the room and talk to each other. That, make, that makes a lot of sense. Let's talk a little bit about the region in general. What's going on in, in Clearwater? I'm sure there's. this has been a difficult year and a half for everyone across, around the world, what what are what are some good stuff that's happening in Clearwater and and, and what are some challenges you're working on?
0: Well, you know, the beautiful thing about living where everybody wants to vacation is that everybody still wants to vacation, right? I mean, and so, you know, we have a beautiful destination. You know, our beaches have been consistently ranked in the top five um, in the nation for the last several years. We, you know, throughout the pandemic, what we realized is that people just wanted to get out and enjoy themselves. And Florida and, and our destination in particular gave them an opportunity to do that while 2020 was one of the hardest years that our it was without doubt the hardest year that has our tourism industry has ever seen 2021 exceeded all previous years prior to 2020 so even though 2019 was incredibly successful uh, as it relates to the tourism industry in our in our area as a destination 2021 blew that out of the water so um, it was an incredible year, I have to say that we rebounded faster than most. Um, and we're, you know, incredibly grateful for that. I, I think that this our community is supported by tourism It is our largest number one industry. And our, you know, all of our community is supported by it. So, seeing that industry rebound, watching people come back um, and reimagine, you know, it, it was not easy. The tourism industry, you know, they're in an, as we're filming this poem, uh, this podcast, as you and I were talking about earlier, the Delta variant has been raging in our, in our community and our destination. We're now on the, you know, beginning to trend down. But what I've watched our community do is rise to the occasion and, you know, not let not let this um, the pandemic, not let the variant um, stop them from doing business and, and being a wonderful opportunity and destination for those from all around the nation that still wanted to come and visit and get out and enjoy themselves. Our community was here to serve and our, and our members were here to serve. And so, you know, just the resiliency of our community, watching them fight through an incredible amount of unknowns and still fighting through an incredible amount of unknowns and continuing to just adapt and evolve every day.
1: In a community where you you rely on people wanting to come there, <laughs> everybody watching the news to see what's going on. Yeah, it's 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 been incredible. Let me let me ask all the chambers we talked to, the chambers that were involved with ourselves. We all start out January first with a with an agenda for the year, and things have moved very quickly, and they're always changing. Your agenda from January first of this year might not be what you're working on. Today, what 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 are you focused on on today, going into fall twenty twenty one as a chamber?
0: Well, you know, I think that's the beautiful thing about chambers, right? Is the ability to just pivot, and I I hate that word. I feel like it was way overused in the last eighteen Agreed. months, but but it's true. We did, and you know, we're we're small and we're nimble and we're able to recognize the needs in our community and meet those needs, probably a little faster and and a little um, be able to be a little more adaptable than other than obviously than your local governments than state government. I mean, we are just able to rise to the occasion and and be there for our members. And so when we started the year in 2021, it was really about we, you know, we're kind of all in the same boat and we don't know what's going to happen. We're going to take this day by day because it's 2021, the first of 2021 we saw, you know, we were on an, again, on an, because of the holidays, you know, we were on that upswing of, of COVID cases again. And so there were concerns and we just took it while we took our annual meeting completely virtual. We are now doing in-person meetings, um, an incredibly successful meeting, sold out events. People are ready to get together as our community continues to be vaccinated and and they continue to feel more secure in their it, you know, and going out and being around each other, we are just seeing people ready to come back together. And, and I think that's, you know, the things we're working on now is really highlighting those in our community. And we have an awards dinner coming up in the fall in October. And we're part of those awards and really highlighting those in the community for resiliency, for being creative throughout this, throughout the pandemic, for those that were able to really just you know, not just survive, but shine, right? I mean, some of us were just surviving and others were shining, right? And finding opportunities to recreate and reimagine. So that's really a focus on, you know, for us right now is highlighting those and the successes in our community, those success stories, because I don't think we tell our stories enough, right? And we don't share those stories enough. And that's really what the chamber should be, is the storyteller for our businesses and our community, because it gives us, it, it highlights those not only locally, but nationally, right? We should, as an organization, should always be focused on being attractive um, and wanting to bring additional jobs and job creators to our community and opportunities for our citizens and you know, helping to highlight the good things and, and all of the wonderful community builders and, and job creators that we have in our community really continues to make us attractive. We focus heavily on public policy and advocacy. It's important for us um, and to connect those dots for our members. You know, we represent a lot of small mom and pops, as you might imagine, not unlike many other chambers around the nation. Those small mom and pops are just incredibly busy and focused on the day-to-day of their operations, surviving, making enough money to pay their employees and their rent to keep the lights on, and really just throwing everything they have into and to the business that they're building and that they love. It's our job to make sure that those businesses are protected, right? And so we are their advocacy organization on all levels of government. We look, you know, we we are there to alert them to changes that potentially could be harmful to their business and to support you know, and be proactive for changes that could be helpful, right? So always active in in the advocacy space for our members. And then as we look to the future, it's, you know, we recognize that we'll continue to evolve, but, you know, chambers should have evolved over the last 18 months, and will continue to evolve over the next, you know, couple, three years. You know, it's education, it's programming, it's resource-driven, it's making d- direct connections for members, not necessarily the traditional way of networking that we've known. I think connecting members directly is going to be a new role for us and probably something, a new program that we that we launch under Amplify. So really finding those new ways of putting our members together um, in a different way than we have historically.
1: Let me let me dig into that last piece about making direct connections for members um you know that's momentum our our company that that's what we're predicated on is is helping companies get more value out of their out of their chambers of commerce and build those stronger relationships and i know over the last year and a half the needs especially you mentioned the, the mom and pop shops the needs have have changed because, uh, even during the last 18 months or so, it used to be the big 400 person event was, was one of the big values that people got out of the chamber. And then all of a sudden it's not the, the, the 400 person event is canceled. And the question is, how do I fill out this PPP form? How do I get glass dividers? What did you learn over the last 18 months about how to best serve those members that need that hands-on support and help. And I asked that question in the context of Amplify Clearwater and most chambers around the country, they don't have a staff of 40 people to handle all this for hundreds upon hundreds, even a thousand members. How did, what did you learn over the last month about how to get granular in your, uh, in your member services?
0: Well, I'll tell you, you know, I challenged the team from the very beginning of COVID. I, you know, it's funny because I could probably pull text messages from, a, you know, and I said, this is coming. This was, Uh, probably a couple of weeks out before, you know, our nation almost in its entirety was shut down. And I said, this is coming. This is going to be a problem. This is going to devastate our our business community. We need to be thinking about how we can help and how we can be a resource. And so then it happened. Right. Um, and, And I we all quickly launched into how do we help our members when they don't even know what their problems are yet, right? So identifying the needs and really kind of trying to stay a step ahead of our members, because again, they're in the day-to-day, the minutiae, if we we are not, right? So pulling our, you know, stepping us away from that and saying they're going to need answers, they're going to need connections, and they're going to need resources, you know, all of these things. Are things that are going to be imperative to them over the next six or eight months. So we immediately launched into putting together what we call chamber chats, which was, you know, you you would chat with our sheriff. What is he going to enforce? What's he not going to enforce? Where is that? What is you know, what is the county commission saying? What is that? What are the ordinances that, that our businesses have to follow? And you know, really giving them businesses the answer they answers they needed. We also connected with our congressman, Chris, Congressman Bill Arrakis. We connected with various members of the state house um, and the state senate. We connected with our state CFO. So we were able to really put members in touch with direct communication with those that were making decisions and kind of had that inside track on what was happening next. Our mayor, our our county commission, our city manager, I could go through the list. And, And what this did was provide answers that our members needed in a time where they were desperate for answers It also provided reassurance because it gave them the ability to plan for the future. And to say, OK, in 30 days, this is probably where we'll be in 60 days if everything's big, this is most like. So begin to really plan. And then we also put together some, you know, some kind of marketing and programmatic opportunity. You know, if you're a restaurant, use this time if you needed to clean real good or you needed to to renovate, you know, or you wanted to paint or use this time to really refresh. So you come back stronger than ever. And it, it our members were incredibly grateful. We received so many Thank you letter saying we're we're only in business because you helped me be in touch with a banker so I could get my PPP loan. I didn't have that connection before. Or you connected me for, you know, the EIDL um, with the SBA. we had we have a wonderful SBA cohort here in our area and it really helped them walk through the process. Or you just gave me the reassurance that I didn't need to shut down forever, that in a couple of months we were going to be back up and running, and, and that I I had you gave me something to look forward to, some light at the end of the tunnel. And what I learned through that is that that is what a chamber does at its core. Now, it didn't look like it always had traditionally, but that is who we are and what we should provide to our members. So we continued as a team to remain challenged and say, how can we anticipate the needs of our members before they even realize their needs? And that continues to be our focus every day is, you know, helping our members before they even recognize that this may be a need of theirs and one of those is that direct connection while we are reopened as a community, we actually never really closed, but we are reopening even more and more as we, you know, as, as the days and weeks go on, you know, our members are connecting differently, Right. Some are doing more jobs than they've done before, so they don't have the time to come to events like they may have. Some are looking at their jobs a little differently, looking at connecting a little differently. So really that direct connection, we try to check in with our members on a regular basis. And we say to them, you know, if if there is, if we can introduce you to three people, or if there are three connections that you would like to make. Who are they? What would they look like? What would they be? Is it a vendor? Is it a customer? Who is it that we can help connect you to? Is it it an elected leader? Is it somebody in a decision making capacity that you need connections to? And that's quite frankly, that's been one of the most successful and most sought after things of being a member of the chambers, having those, the ability to make those introductions to people that otherwise they would not have access to.
1: It's so well done and so well thought out. Let me, let me take the extension of that too, because you talked about understanding your, your members challenges before they even understand them themselves. The day-to-day is so important. And we learned over the last year and a half that, that it's going to be busy and it's going to be intense, but as a chamber of commerce, you also have to look to the future what are you forecasting? Uh, and I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm asking this not knowing if there's a regional five-year plan, 10-year plan, 25-year plan, but what, what are you forecasting and, and how are you preparing your membership for for what's upcoming? Also understanding, that's kind of an impossible question given that we have no idea what tomorrow looks like, but <laughs> best as possible, what are, you, what are you forecasting?
0: Well, you know, I have to say that you know, this, this conversation is not political, Craig, so please forgive me if it turns that way a little bit. But I have to say that I, I believe that our governor was a shining star throughout this pandemic. Um, I believe the way he handled, you know, the last 18 months when nobody had a playbook on this. Right. He, he allowed Florida to continue to to operate Right. And to not completely shut down. And when you're talking about an economy as large as ours, I mean, we were the 13th largest GDP and, you know, in the world. So when you're talking about an economy as large as ours and employing the number of people that we employ, that was imperative. Right. And he and he figured out to how to navigate balancing the health of our communities and our state with the need for us to still need economic activity, right, to survive. And what I see going forward because of that now, and this is, you know, we can look at this two ways. It's an incredible challenge right now for our businesses But it's also an incredible challenge to rise to in the future is that we will have more jobs available than we have people to fill them. And what a great place to be as a state. You know, I I say that as we struggle to find good help and we are working on programs and initiatives both regionally and locally to help address some of those needs and really retrain and retool those that may be, you know, undereducated or not quite, you know, or or could be um, elevated in, in, in the job market a little bit. And, and also identify those that may have, you know, be a little past retirement, but not ready to fully leave the workforce. And, uh, you know, I, those that are still willing to work and give, and then how do we be attractive to those that want to move here? I mean, we know that the Tampa Bay region was, there were three cities in the Tampa Bay region that were in the top 15 2020 for people to migrate to. So we know that, that this is also a place that people want to live um, and they want to bring their families and, and they want to enjoy all the, all the beautiful Scenery that we get to enjoy every day, um, so remaining attractive to those that want to relocate here, because we'll have those opportunities and we because of, you know, the way that our community and our, our state government and our local governments really rallied around continuing to support those willing to work and needing to work there, the we just continued to grow. Um, and we have rebounded faster than most states in, in the nation because of that. So really a challenge that we see on the horizon is we will have more jobs than we have people. So how do we get the people?
1: That workforce is such a huge, huge issue. Let me, okay, back to you personally, not the organization. So you uh, you get up in the morning and come to the office. What gets you out of bed? What gets you excited about what you do on a daily basis?
0: Well, you know, <laughs> For me, obviously, from the beginning, I said the chamber work's my thing. So um, and and you really either love it or you don't. My parents were missionaries. I grew up on the mission field. I watched my parents give back and probably give more than what they had to give at times. And what that instilled in both my brother and I, because my brother served as a police officer for many, many years as well, um, is a life of service, right? And I think that's what a chamber of commerce is. I feel like I, I have a wonderful opportunity in this community to serve our business community. And if your business community is strong, then you have a strong community, you have job opportunities, you have quality of life, you have resources and tax uh, tax dollars to be able to pay for those social programs that support our community. And it, it is a beautiful cycle. And the chamber is a huge part of helping to support that beautiful cycle. So I look at it really as my opportunity to just to serve, to serve our business community, to help them, to support them. The time that I don't feel that way anymore, I probably won't be doing chamber work anymore. But that is what at its core a chamber does, is really support a healthy, economic, Community and and a really viable future for many of our citizens.
1: If there's one thing I've learned, you you hit the nail on the head. You can't you can't be successful in in, a, in the chamber business if you don't have a servant spirit. In that vein, uh, we, we we have a, uh, uh, a saying we like to use in the in the not-for-profit world. I mean, maybe it's just our saying, but we like it, and it it's especially true for chambers. Is that it's only a good idea if someone is willing to pay for it. Uh, because you have to you have to finance your good ideas There's a lot of a lot of ideas out there that that don't have financial backing and they don't last so here's a question for you to speculate as the head of amplified clear Clearwater, important role in the region's business community if you had a blank check to take on uh, an impactful project what would you spend it on
0: That one's easy. Um, It's education. It's really developing our talent pipeline for our employers. And, you know, I think employers recognize and especially if you're a parent, you recognize that that starts young. That starts at two and three and four. That doesn't start at high school. It doesn't even start at middle school anymore, where we're really set our foundation that we're building for our future starts in those toddler years. So really early childhood education is a, you know, would be a big focus for me and connecting the dots for our employers on how important building that foundation for our children is. Because up until third grade, you learn to read. After third grade, you read to learn. And if you don't have those basic skills that you need, those foundational skills, then you're not going to then nothing else is going to help you overcome that right later you're, you're kind of stuck right and and unfortunately in our education system now this is not just unique to Florida this is nationwide it, you know we tend to just push children through because we just don't we have another group coming behind them and we don't know what to do and we don't have room for them and it's not you know we, we have it's just kind of the system itself right so we tend to just push them through when there are so many children that really just slip through the cracks, right? And by the time they reach middle school or high school, they're either, they either drop out or they're not successful. Um, and those are the people that we need that currently we could identify to really give those help now as an adult, give those basic skills to and get them back into the workforce, right? But catching them before that even happened, right, and really focusing on developing them all the way through um, their educational career so that when they reach high school, not everyone's cut out to go to college, not everyone's going to go to a four-year university. You know, we have opportunities for those that that are interested to make excellent livings and incomes. I'm um, right out of high school, right? And, and the tourism industry is one of those. It has wonderful, there's wonderful opportunities to grow within an industry that doesn't necessarily require, you know, education after high school. So making sure that our children understand the basics of the, what we call those soft skills, right? Showing up on time, what to wear, how customer service, how to be, you know, how to be polite, you know, and respectful because that is that is obviously a huge part of hospitality really developing across the board a program that not only captures the youngest in our community, but gives them the tools that in a generation from now, they will be our leaders. They will be the most successful of our community and we'll be proud that we did it.
1: Absolutely. 100% agree because if, if we don't, then in 10 years, we'll be sitting here having the same exact conversation
0: we will continue to struggle and, and we'll continue to be challenged. I think the greatest thing that we could give our future selves is our kids, right. And, and making sure that they're prepared and ready.
1: Absolutely. Let me give you the opportunity. Um, is there, is there a member too that you uh, that you want to plug to give a little extra love here on the podcast?
0: Well, you know, I, I don't know if I could pick just one or two, but what I'd like to do is is recognize my board. I have a small board. I have a board of um, 21 members. Yes, I know I'm the envy of most chambers of commerce around the nation, um, but that was by design. As we came through the merger and, and little did we know when we did the bylaws and 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 brought the two organizations together, did we realize that the pandemic was on the horizon and how important having a small, engaged, and nimble board was going to be? They have been incredible warriors for the chamber. Obviously, we were all in this in in the early days of of COVID wondering if we were going to be able to keep the doors open, right? And and not only did we, you know, due to their leadership, their guidance, their willingness to be flexible and and open-minded with me, because um, I think that's incredibly important for a board. They were, okay, we're all on this ride together. Let's see how it all unfolds. And they were always open-minded. They were always so supportive of both me and the ideas that we had, the organization. And incredibly surprised, I think, and not only did we come through the pandemic successfully, but we, you know, to be able, for any organization that came through the pand- pandemic, a nonprofit we be able to say, we ended the year in the black. That was a really great thing, right? And and I think they were almost celebratory in nature of how well that we came through it, not only that how loyal our members were, but that a lot of that is due to their leadership and their flexibility. Because sometimes boards tend to micromanage and get in the weeds and get in the minutia, and they make it incredibly hard for somebody like me and our team to be able to do a really good job. They didn't do that. They stepped back, they were supportive and said, we're here to help, just tell us what you need. And they didn't just say that. They, they did that, right? There was action in those words. And so, I, you know, really just give a shout out to my volunteer leadership because without them, we wouldn't be where we are today. And we wouldn't be the thriving, successful organization that we are.
1: Excellent. It's so important. So important to have people that are dedicated and involved. And uh, yeah, Oh, you're right on the micromanaging too, because that happens as well. So uh, I'm going to start to wrap up. I want to, I want to get from you, obviously in your role, you need to, at all times, know what's going on around you. Um, I, I imagine you're not surprised by much. How do you do it? Are there any books, blogs, other podcasts that you would recommend that people pay attention to? Well, you know,
0: for me, I, um. I tend to kind of take my information in from all places, right? So, I mean, obviously the local newspapers and you know reading the local media outlets, and you know, and I have to say also that being incredibly connected locally is important. You know, connected to your local government, connected to the decision makers. I tend they, they tend to let me know things are happening and and give me a heads up, which I'm incredibly grateful for those relationships and and knowing you know kind of what to expect. I'm a mom of two young boys. And while this doesn't really answer your question, because this isn't necessarily about local events, for me, I feel like guiding what I do every day and guiding my team and also guiding my family you know, it's kind of all about mindset, right? And so I have, as you know, a four-year-old that gets up and goes to K4 at an incredibly early time in the morning. And we get up together and we do a Bible story and we enjoy our alone time together. And that's really how I try to set the tone for my family every day. Um, and, you know, want to carry that forward with me throughout the day. While that's not necessarily about local events, I think a lot of it's about mindset. Um, and kind of where, where your heart is and the way you tend to view the world. And so, you know, I think that's a, having a positive outlook. And if you're a Christian, having that added to it only helps you do better throughout the day and throughout, throughout your career.
1: Absolutely. That's so important, too. <laughs> as, good as, as good as any uh, advice a book can give you is to get your head in the right place every day. Where should we send people to, uh, to find out more about Amplify Clearwater? Are we sending them to the website, social media?
0: Both. So we're very active on social media. We have, you know, obviously Amplify Clearwater social media. I want to give a big shout out to, we have a women's group underneath Amplify called Achieve Hers. Also a very active group. So um, if you're a woman and interested in being a part of a fun, dynamic group of women that really is all about lifting each other up, um, I'd encourage you to check out Achievers, and then our website obviously has all of our basic information, which is amplifyclearwater.com. But really, connecting with us on social media will highlight all of the wonderful things that we have going on, and all the exciting events we have coming going on, both chamber-related, and we do several public-facing events as well. So, I'd love to have you check us out.
1: And you've got an event coming up uh, at the aquarium, right? You know, in a week or so, right?
0: Yes, on the 24th of of September, we are partnering with. Clearwater Marine Aquarium to hold our Taste Fest event. So 30 restaurants in a beautiful space getting to view dolphins and manatees and you know I just don't know how much more fun it could be right. So um, we're excited about that event being able to bring that event back in a, in a new and reimagined way.
1: It's not your typical networking event. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so Amanda thank you again, for being here with us, uh, giving us a look under the hood, what's going on with Amplified Clearwater. I really enjoyed the conversation. I wish you lots of success. I'm so pleased to see things going so well for you and your team. I'm hoping that everyone listening has already talked to their own chambers of commerce and put their strategy in motion for the fall, Uh, whether you're getting ready for networking, for advocacy, or just to help grow the business community in your area. uh, Your chambers of commerce need your support and they can provide you all kinds of value. So if you're interested in learning how we can help you capture that value, check out our website at www.momentumforbusinessgrowth.com. I also encourage you to connect with me, Craig Turner, on LinkedIn, where I post weekly advice, information, and guidance on how to make the most of your Chamber of Commerce investments. Again, if you're doing business in Clearwater or are looking at the Clearwater market, please check out www.amplifyclearwater.com and connect with Amanda and her outstanding team at Amplify Clearwater. Thank you again, Amanda, for being here with us. Thank you to our listeners, and we'll see you soon with another episode of the It's All About Who You Know podcast. Take care.